All right, everyone, what is up? Welcome to this week's episode of Agency Vision. I'm so excited to have you here. And this week, Gray and I are digging into the top five lessons learned in 2018. And I'm really excited for this because this is kind of a, it's going to be a journey of personal discovery for us. of kind of like the mountains that we've overcome, the challenges that we've faced and our strategies and some of the results that we've seen after making some shifts. So a lot of you guys know that we made the jump from do inbound to Zen pilot in 2018, made a major shift in our positioning and a major shift in how our business operates. And so we're a couple months into that. And so we've got, we've been able to see some traction there and I'm really excited to dig into these top five lessons learned and the way this is going to work this week and this is cool gray put together his top five i put together my top five and we haven't talked to each other at all about it so what we're going to be doing is live here on the show we're revealing these things for the first time so you're gonna be able to see like are these guys on the same page are they aligned at all or are they the exact same person or are they completely off the rails you and i are both going to find out together so we're going to dig into that right now um so gray what's up dude andrew welcome good to see you I was just going to say that. How many of these are we going to overlap on? I think we're pretty good at coming up with stuff on the fly. De- mediocre at that, at least. So we might <laughs> wind up doing that. We'll get a Who couple knows? in and be like, oh, man. I think I think we could hit three or four on the same page, but we'll have to see how it goes. I bet they'll be different. What do you think? Drop it in the comments right now. How aligned do you think Gray and Andrew are on their top five lessons learned from 2018? We'll find Speaking out. Speaking of that, i gotta go, I got to go pull that up. So... Here we are, almost Christmas. Man, this is coming so fast. I realize, I feel like I say that every year, and every year it feels a little bit more like, oh man, here it is, even faster than, than it was before. But it's back. It's funny. Like so, um, I was excited about this, and I really struggle. Anytime there's constraints, that's a healthy thing, but also hard to be like, well, I, I don't know for sure what my top five, you say top five of anything, and it's hard to put together. What am I leaving out if I have one? So who do you want to kick off? Do you want me to go first? Or do you want to go first? I want you to go first. Number five. What is it? Okay. Um, number five, I'm going to go with this, which is around your business model. So I think that the maybe one of the big lessons is to build a model where you love your customers you can speak to them honestly and you don't feel guilty be, like you don't feel guilty because you're not paid enough hmm. um, or like you're risking your business if you speak on so a lot of times speaking the truth to people yeah is a risky thing obviously in our agency experience i just think of so many in our history especially year one as digital yes men mm-hmm. like oh that's a great idea yeah we'll go implement <laughs> that for you <laughs> that's not a great idea but we're getting paid to do this specific deliverable mm-hmm. um, it's tough to do that so I think of Jonathan Dane from Client Boost who was on the podcast yeah, probably a year and a half two years ago maybe even yeah um, and the big quote that kind of stuck, stood out from him was charge enough so that you don't have to charge again uh, for your clients since they've got these big retainers but they're able to fit in the things that they want to make sure that they cover Um and have time to you know help out with little extras without nickel and diamond their people but one of the things that was challenging for us with do inbound with the project management system and one of the things that made the templates the pre-built process templates that we gave people so impactful um was because it gave them kind of a proven templates for hey this works and the frustration that came up for me at least in that model was 
we've given people a tool to to house these processes. We've given them a tool to manage these projects, but it still comes back to their system. Like if you put a broken system in there, the broken system better. And if you put a great system in there, then the great system keeps going. And that was a huge part of our decision to move into like the training space and teaching people like Yes, this will help. If you already have a good system, this is going to make your life way easier. If you have a bad system, running it faster doesn't change the fact that it's still a bad system. Um, so it really comes down to the business model that you have and why I'm so excited moving into 2019 and what we've done the latter half of this year specifically um, as our, core, as our uh, core focus is just, wait a second, let's step back and help, help agency owners build a better system Yeah, and then get it into a tool and facilitate running the right system but let's do this in the right order instead of get into the get into the tool focus all our effort and energy there and then look back and say maybe that wasn't all worth it so that to me is like (laughs) just understand the reality of the business model and in our business model now running agencies through the agency accelerator program Mm -hmm. uh we get paid enough to give people uh personal attention and we get paid to speak the truth to them yeah. and to say um i see what you did here like this is cool the way that you have this laid out but this one fundamental thing seems like this is to pinpoint on the lessons that we've learned from working with so many agencies um so we get paid to love the which to me love is like are we seeking their absolute ultimate uh end goal best for them not what makes them happy in the short term um not what makes them get uh, instant traction. You know, that we're not just focused on how can we go get you one new client today. We're like, how can we get you long-term sustainable client growth and delivery where you can retain those clients? Um, and so that just brings in a different mindset than like the way that we operated year one at Guava Box uh, on the agency front and with Do Inbound, where people are paying a monthly subscription for the software, and if they want to run their stuff, a lot of support. Um, was reactive to them. Hey, I've got a question about this. If people went through the training on top of that, there was a ton more proactive stuff. And now it's like for everybody we get to do, we get to break down the agency business model first, fix that, and then try and rebuild from the ground up. So that's, that's awesome. my that's my first lesson learned. Love it. That's number five. Mine's a little bit similar. It's not exactly the same thing. So I'm really excited about it because I can piggyback off of it, but not steal the thunder. Um, nice. And mine is you've got to find inspiration outside of your your world. So we see it a lot, like every day getting on the phone with people and their business looks like every other agency out there and their website looks just like every other agency out there and their pricing page looks just like every other agency pricing page. Uh, so my lesson learned was not to look at other SaaS companies and say, okay, what's ClickFunnels doing or what's HubSpot doing and just try to emulate them and not to just go look at other training training programs and like consultants and say, okay, what are they doing? I'm just going to copy that. But to go out and review what's out there, find inspiration, bring that inspiration back and ask ourselves the question, what is our why? Like, why are you and I, Greg, still in business together? What are we trying to build with this thing? And if you go back to the episode where we talk about the rebrand of Zenpilot, that was one of the huge determining factors in why we made that jump because we we could we could stay in the SaaS world like we had a successful SaaS platform. We you know we sat in boardrooms with CEOs and CTOs who said like you guys should be proud of the tool that you built like bootstrapping that thing up to what you have with the development team you have like that's awesome. Few people can do that. So I've got no doubt if we put our chips on the table and we went down that path we could make that successful. But we went back to our why and we said 
You know, we want a certain type of lifestyle. We want a certain type of business. We want to serve our clients in a certain way. We want a certain element of control over how we service those clients. And to make that why a reality, we made a business model shift. And you know, you've got to go outside of yourself to find that inspiration and to kind of pull it all together. And that's what I really, that was what my number five takeaway from this year was like, go find the inspiration, run it through your why and apply it to your situation. That's awesome. You used to get, and probably still do, so frustrated when I said, look, if we stuck with Guava Box, that would have grown and like we could have done that. Um, and not in like a, and you got frustrated because you always felt like that's what I meant is like we should have done that. It's not like we should have done that. It's just like if we stuck with that model, we would have had success with that, but we wouldn't have had the same level of success as a pivot that we made. And then we moved into SaaS and tried that business model. And ultimately, I feel like this is a huge learning process that we've gone through. Like each iteration has been an improvement and gotten closer to the end goal. Um, but tweaking it to say, what are the goals that we have? How do we want to impact the people we serve and continuing to build that? that business model the right way. So I love that takeaway of just kind of getting outside yourself and understanding what are the different, you have to understand what are the possibilities out there. You don't know what the options are. It's hard to make a decision. Right. That's awesome. Number four for you. What is it? Number four. This one's around momentum. Just, we always talk about business is a big momentum game and you've got to keep it going in your direction. Um, It's really demotivating when momentum is going against you and, leads you into a tough place. We talked, we shared a little bit about uh, some of the struggles that we went through a year ago at this time um, and how it felt like momentum was just kind of stuck uh, or going against us. And, and so I think you really need to give yourself a chance or give momentum a chance to work for you mm. and, and, and keep it going. And the problem that I see in the agency space where maybe the easiest way to point to momentum working against people is the model where we don't have um, we don't have predictable growth. We don't have any kind of repeated systems that deliver the same thing. So the classic stair-step model in the agency world is like we really need customers sell, 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 and then we go deliver, 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 and we stop selling because now we're swamped with work. And then we all of a sudden don't have clients and we got to jump back into it or we, you know, we haven't grown for three months because we've been delivering and now we got to go back up. So now we're going back to sell, sell, sell. And then we go back into deliver, deliver, deliver. The problem is that the stair step growth, and it's never going to look like the perfect uh, curve. I realize that, but we got to get closer to that. We got to build the systems that get us closer to that. Yeah. Because what happens is it's all momentum stuff. Like you sell, 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 then you pause for three months to go deliver. All the sales momentum is completely gone. And then you got to try and go back and restart that ball. And then you sell, and now you got to restart the delivery side. And so having momentum continue to work, it's, it's just demotivating to work that way. And it also isn't the best way to get to mastery when it's like we get good at sales for a month or two. Yes. And then we drop it for three months and we try and come back to it. And it's like all those things that were fresh in our mind that were working for us. Now we got to try and restart. And we remember half the lessons, but we forgot half of what we were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that to me was a big lesson. Um, and then in our business specifically, like how do we keep momentum growing in the right direction? So that kind of piggybacks off the last one, like get the right business model and then make incremental steps, but consistent steps um, in that. Are we growing month over month are, and how are we measuring and monitoring momentum? And a lot of that looks like paying attention to your KPIs and having a good system to say, how happy are our customers? Are they increasingly 
happier month over month? How is growth? How's the revenue side looking? What are margins looking like? All those types of numbers. Mm -hmm. But it's hard to focus on those things and it's hard to maximize momentum when you don't have clarity, right? Like we've been there when we're not really sure what we're doing or like we're just in survival mode. Um, It's like the absence of a clear vision can kind of put a strain on that. Um, So for sure, but it's huge momentum. Momentum's the game. My number four, honesty. Be honest with your people. Be honest with, like, in your marketing, in your material. If you have a team, like, with your team, just be real about where you are, where you're going. Um, because you might you might perceive it as weakness at the beginning, but it's, it's a really attractive trait. I see this all the time when I'm talking with people and, you know, your BS filter's pretty sensitive these days. You can smell it when someone's just trying to sell you a bill of goods. But if you work with someone and you can just you you hear their heart, like you understand that they're in it for the right reasons, or you you relate to their mission and their vision of what they're doing, that's huge, and that can have a really big impact on your bottom line, really big impact on the momentum that you talked about. To bring that into your marketing, mm. bring that into your sales, bring that into how you service your clients and take care of them. But be honest in that. Like, don't try to be someone that you're not. Like, you want to go outside of your model and get inspiration from other people, and you want to you want to do those things, but you can't just go be like a mini Gary V or even like a mini Brian Halligan or a mini anybody mini uh, Russell Brunson you've got to be your own person and if you're you know dishonest that's really bad but if you're just not blatantly honest about where you are and where you're trying to go people sniff that out um, and I think you know we kind of gambled to just say hey here's why we're making the switch to Zen pilot here's the whole backstory here are the hard conversations we had you know here are the the hard moments that we went through kind of the dark seasons of business and it like those dark seasons are real so when you're online and you see people out there talking all the time don't forget like you're mostly seeing the highlight reel life sucks for an entrepreneur a lot of times and if you're honest about that struggle and about that journey like people are going to participate in that because they see you moving forward they see you processing that and moving forward um and it's really easy to to position that in our story right now because it was kind of a dramatic pivot point um, and that's something that I want to work on in 2019 is like, how do we continue to bring honesty into what we do? Because it's not all sunshine and roses. Like even when you're growing, there's challenges, like there's, there's problems you have to solve. That's just part of being a business owner. Um, but be honest with your people as you go and it's going to be a benefit to the tribe that you're building. Hmm. Yeah, that's a really important point. And, uh, we could do a whole nother podcast episode on what's the distinction between authenticity and professionalism. Mm -hmm. And there are certainly times to be, you can be authentic without in every single moment of every single day saying every, every single thought that's going through your, through your mind. Like that's called professionalism (laughs) to build that filter in. But, um, there's a distinction then on the flip side between professionalism and like lying about your current situation or just, you know, being dishonest about blatantly dishonest. Like you're saying where we are. I loved, I was watching a quick video yesterday. So, uh, I'm a big baseball fan, Cleveland Indians, and they just pulled off a three team deal. It might've actually been two separate transactions. It was basically a three team deal and, uh, picked up this young, uh, left-handed hitting first baseman outfielder, Jake Bowers from the Tampa Bay Rays. And so he had a little interview early yesterday morning with MLB network or something. And they were just throwing out like comps, which happens all the time in sports. Now, like we think left-handed hitting first baseman for the Cleveland Indians. We think Jim Tomey and threw out a couple other names. Like who do you compare yourself to? 
and I think athletes are getting better at managing that question and getting more comfortable saying like, I'm Jake Bowers. Like this is my game. You know, I've, uh, that'd be a, a great guy to, to be compared to. He had a hall of fame career, but, um, I've got to just be who I am and play my game. And like, hopefully that, that goes a long ways, but all I can control is the inputs, not the outputs that, uh, you know, I want to influence outputs. I want to make sure that my input inputs are focused on the outputs that I want to generate. Yeah. Uh, but I just gotta be me and do my own thing. And I was like, yeah. uh, he may have been coached to say that at some point, you know, whether or not, but that's, that's the correct answer is this is who we are. And we've, you and I, here's a struggle that we've had. One of the most frustrating feelings for us is uh, you get on a strategy session with an agency owner. You know you can help them. They know that they need the type of stuff, but there's just not the sense of uh, urgency to do it. Like this is this makes a ton of sense. Um, it's not cheap, so I want to wait for four weeks or I want to wait six weeks and generate enough reserves where I feel comfortable paying for this. It's like, well, no, we want you to get going right now. And that struggle um, of seeing uh, people kind of struggle through making that decision and the decision to take action because their whole the habits of those types of people are we look at this, we don't take action. Yes. We think we're going to come back to it. And do we actually circle back to it? And so it's challenging to break it. And so one of the things that would be easy to do is put in um, you know, some type of artificial urgency you get this amount off if you sign up by this date you get uh this extra bonus if you sign up by this date you get all the classic marketing stuff that we're used to seeing you get these three bonuses if you get in by this date then you get this amount off if you wait a little longer in the sequence or whatever and so when you're saying that that speaks to me um in terms of being authentic to yourself like you and i hate that stuff when we get it and so we could certainly input that and we might even have business results, but that's not who we are and what we want our brand to be about and what we want our reputation to be is the guys who just always have a better deal waiting for you. If you just say no long enough and then say yes at the right time, we want to be the, no, here's the program. Here's the price. Like if you're the type of person who wants to take action and actually grow, this is proven. Uh, like all these people who've gone through it have had huge results in ROI and they're excited about it and they would recommend it to to anyone who they like as well as an agency owner. If you want to participate in that, participate in it and here's the price tag and why would you wait? But that's really the only argument I can make to you is go do this. It's not all these different bonuses and offers or whatever. Yeah. And be real, there are other times where there's ways to generate authentic urgency. Like this program really is going to increase in price here. Do you want to participate in this ahead of time? We're at the end of the year right now. Do you want to have the tax write-off in 2018 or do you want it in 2019? Like, you make some decisions. There's there's some legitimate ways to do it. Um, but being authentic is is a big key. Huge, dude. I love that one. I had this one. This isn't like a lesson that I just learned this year, but just kind of uh, renewed to me this year, which is very much correlated to that one, which is just like love who you're doing this with. So love um, for like our relationship to be able to go through what we've gone through and the big transition and the stressful decisions that have been made to pivot this year um, without the underlying friendship and relationship and trust and love there. probably would have fallen apart definitely it certainly would have fallen apart by this by this point somewhere along the line um but then not just even from an internal team perspective but also like customers and um 
like so on our sales model if you're on a strategy session we know we can help you grow and you seem like the type of person who would get uh, good value out of this we'll offer um, or at least set up another call or you know tell you share on that call with you here's what the program looks like here's the way that we would help you if you want that and then there's other people on those strategy sessions we just have a strategy session they're not in a place to move forward with it or whatever and we or we just don't want them in the program and we just don't make the offer to them mm-hmm. and that happens pretty frequently too and so the ability to kind of pick and choose um and the realization of like there are legitimate people who certainly would be happy to pay for the program and go through it who we don't want as part of that community um just because you have money doesn't mean that you're that you're a fit to get in and do this and participate and be a part of the group and the, the community that we're building. Yeah. Um, so not just from an internal team, but also from a customer perspective. And so in the agency application, that's one of the things even people are going through in the agency accelerator is they're going through grading clients and putting in, you know, here's what we're doing for them. Here's what we're getting paid. Here's the grade on a school scale that I would give to them, A to F. You know, where do they fit in terms of, or a, you know, a one to 10? How badly do we want to keep them? Um, and put together an action plan for what we're going to do with them. And that's kind of eye-opening to just sit down and have to go through a framework for how you generate that. Mm-hmm. And then say, I, d- I really don't know. I don't have a good explanation for why we're still working with these people. Well, please stop working <laughs> with them. The incremental revenue is not worth the headache that you're dealing with. So love the people who you're doing it with from a customer's perspective, from a vendor perspective, obviously from an internal team perspective. It's huge. I love that, dude. That's awesome. That's my number three. What's uh, your number three? My number three is similar to your number four, where you talk about momentum. Um, mine is, I have a backstory. I've got a wood stove at home. It's cold here in Pennsylvania, and so every night when I'm up with with our little two month old, I got to keep the fire going. And so I put a log on the fire, and the fire keeps going. And the fire creates heat. If I stop putting wood on that fire, what happens? My house gets cold and things kind of grind to a halt and I have to clean out the wood stove. I have to restart the fire. It takes an hour or two for it to like get up and running again. So my, my number three is keep putting wood on your fire and that is everywhere in your business. Mm. If I hear the excuse one more time that the cobbler's kids have no shoes and that agencies just aren't marketing, that's bull crap. That's absolute bull crap. And that's another episode right there. But if you're not marketing your business, you're going out of business. Like there's no other way around it. You need to, need to, need to, need to keep putting wood on your fire. And that's one of the things that sustained us in this shift. Great. If we didn't have an audience build, if we didn't have a platform there, our email list, our podcast channels, all that work we've done over the last five years and like consistently putting out content. Um, and we, we waffled on a little bit it, uh, agency journey here. We, we took a couple weeks off as we were trying to figure everything out. Um, and we almost kind of fell off the consistent content train there, but I'm really glad we picked it back up. Even when we weren't really sure what we were doing, like keep that content rolling because that platform is the lifeblood of your business. It is mm-hmm. it is how you can reach out and talk to people. It's how you can clarify your offers. It's how you connect with who your people are. What are their pains that they're feeling? How do you help them overcome those pains? And if you're not putting in the consistent effort day in and day out to keep those home fires burning, your business is on its way out. And there's no other way around that. And there's no excuses that should come into your realm as a business owner that says, hey, 2019, I might not have time to do my marketing. 
bullcrap. Like you've got to be doing this stuff day in and day out because if you don't, the fires are going to go out. And then what happens when you lose two or three clients? We have good friends in this space who their businesses have changed overnight. If you lose two or three clients, what kind of an impact does that have in your business? Do you have a full calendar of calls booked, like prospects coming to you, thinking about working with you? Do you have that kind of flow built into your business to where you don't need clients anymore? Where you know you work with people, like Gray was saying, that you love to work with, and if you have someone that you don't love to work with, you can say goodbye to them. If you're stuck working with crappy clients because you don't have a steady flow of business coming in, that's a problem. Like You're not gonna be in business forever, and that's probably a good thing because it's not a healthy environment for your team to be in. It's not a healthy environment for your clients to be in. And it's not a good place for you to be as a business owner. Like you need a steady stream of leads flowing into your business in order to be in a healthy spot. So if you're not doing like the day in and day out activities of just like doing marketing for your own business, you are putting yourself at a disadvantage. So that's my number three lesson learned. Keep that wood stove cranking, yeah. dude, because that's when it's all warm and cozy inside, and you can snuggle up next to it and enjoy life. That, that is awesome. Just having the consistent. I think that's a big part of the human experience too. Is like we are all are geared towards having routine. It's good to break up routines. It's good to have variety as the spice of life, as they say. Um, but we're really wired towards having these specific things, and it creates a sense of. Um, a sense of comfort or there's some other word that I feel like I'm looking for here, but where if you're trying to build a culture, like people need to know what the expectations are and having those consistent routines, the expectations, that's the only way that you build the model of this is what we do. This is how we operate is to have those things. Like we don't deviate. It's not like we have a quarterly meeting in Q1 and Q2 and then Q3 and Q4 fall off the bus. Because yeah. then what's the point? We have this conversation all the time with people about project management tools. Um, I had this conversation this week. Our marketing side absolutely loves this project management tool and we use it. And the web design side doesn't really use the project management tool. And so one of the questions during that conversation was like, how do I get the most out of these reports that we're running? How do I see what our clients, um, like who are profitable? We want to see client profitability. Mm-hmm. And the reality is you can't, if you have half the story, you might as well have zero of the story because you have no clue what to fill in. Like you've got clients who you're doing marketing work for and web design work for. You can see the marketing half and you have no clue if that is half or if that's a third or if that's two thirds because you have no clue. They're not tracking the rest of it. So why bother at that point? Yeah, Just throw it out and say, okay, we don't need this. We can use it for the process side because that's helpful to us marginally. But we, we can't run any, none of this data is meaningful unless there's full adoption mm-hmm. on this. So you're absolutely right. Like the marketing work that you do becomes 10 times more meaningful and productive when you do it consistently instead of, oh shoot, we need lead. Let's go market <laughs> and, and you go back to the stair step. Yep. Momentum, bro. That's, That's awesome. awesome. That aligns really well with my number two, which is simplicity is mm. the goal. Love it. You know me, I'm like Mr. Efficiency. I want to have things done. I want to have them done now. Yes. Yes, that's true. <laughs> but the problem with being solely focused on efficiency is that it doesn't take into effect. Like, what are you, are you working on the right things or the wrong things? You can get all, it goes back to um, what I said before. Like, if you're doing, if you're working the wrong system and you're doing it really fast, like you're still working the wrong system. It, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. So 
the power of simplicity for us um, in the way that it played out this year was we had this project management platform. We had this training side of the business that we were helping agencies grow and make changes in. And we were running in like the training side was really growing. Software side was growing more slowly, but still growing. And it was just a lot to try and keep in the, in our heads. Like, well, what are we now? What are we focused on? Like, are we doing this or are we doing this? Um, and so our a huge theme for us this year has just been how simple can we possibly make this? We sell one product. We serve one type of person. Uh, you as a market a leader in a digital marketing agency, like that is who we sell to. That's who we market to. That's who we teach. That's who we lead. That's who we help. That's who we learn from. That's who we engage. Like this is our audience. We've got one simple offer. We've got one very simple funnel um, for our business. Like everything's become so much easier and we have so much more focus than we had a year ago at this time. And people from the outside would look and say like, wow, you're still serving this one uh, niche. It's like, well, we are, but we're doing it in multiple different ways and it's hard for us to keep track of and prioritize what's what. Yeah. And so it's very simple. Like now there's one nut to crack instead of two or 10 or all, you know, all the permutations yeah. that come off of that. And we see the same thing happen in agencies. It's like, well, I market to the professional services business. I market mm-hmm. to the manufacturing space and I market to, you know, senior health. And, uh, it's really hard. And I do web design. I do lead generation. I do sales consulting and I do whatever. And it's like, we just take three times four, whatever. You've got 12 different nuts that you're trying to crack at any given yes. time. And none of it's really targeted and you don't know where to start. And so, to me, the big lesson from this year is like simplicity is the goal. And if you and I, the only thing that we did for the next 30 years was focused on solving this problem that agency owners have, I don't know how to scale or I can't scale because either my growth processes are broken, my delivery processes are broken, I've got the wrong business, they're working fine, but I've got the wrong business model, mm-hmm. um, or operationally, things are things are falling apart. And that's the only thing that we focused on for the next 30 years. Like we can make millions and millions of dollars each year yeah. and we still would not solve. Like this is a plenty large enough market for us to address and problem that we needed to solve. Um, it's not this, we aren't worried. I think we've learned enough to not be worried about more complexity will equal more revenue. It's like, no, more simplicity um, is the way that we're going to grow this business and help more people. So that was my, that maybe should have been number one. Um, but simplicity is so crucial yeah, to dude. what we're doing and what, and what you're doing running an agency. Yeah, it's huge. And I think that people overvalue or they overestimate like diversity in their business that they think that they need, I need to target five personas, I need to offer 12 services or else I'm not going to be able to grow. And then they underestimate the complexity that's required to deliver all of that stuff. So if you're in a spot right now where all of your sales proposals look a little bit different or look a lot of bit different, like be careful because you're putting yourself at a massive risk because you're not building a business that can get better with time. You're building one that's getting more and more fragmented with time because you're continuing to bring in exponentially more complexity every time you bring on a new client. So be careful. It's not a good place to be. (laughs) So um, my number two is... Make decisions dun, dun, dun. faster. 
get out and do it, whether it's hiring, whether it's firing, whether it's shifting your business model, whether it's trying a new offer, whatever it is, like Davy Crockett has a saying, and as you can see right there, it's a picture of the Alamo, kind of a Davy Crockett fan. <laughs> Be sure you're right and then go ahead. Like don't waffle. Like either make a decision or don't make a decision. Either way, you're making a decision. But don't sit in that in that on the fence mode where you're not really sure what to do. Because that is consuming your resources as an owner. When you don't have a clear path forward, it's draining to you. It's like it's like leaving your computer on and not plugged in. Like you're not getting anything done, but the battery's going down. That's what indecision does to you. It drains your resources, it drains your drive, it drains your vision. And we saw that in like how long we kind of stuck on the fence at do inbound is like, what do we do here? I think like we could have made this shift a year ago, could have made it two years ago. Like the operating environment didn't really change that much. There was like some major like punches in the face for us that were like, all right, now you, I'm gonna punch you off that fence one way or another. Like you've got to make this call. Um, but how can how can we identify obstacles, make decisions, and move on as fast as possible? And that's really big in hiring because we're we've made great hires we made bad hires in our full tenure as business owners but one thing that we've done kind of a poor job the whole time is firing fast um and if you're in a spot where you're working with someone this could be a vendor this could be an employee this could be a contractor it's kind of like the full gamut could be a business partner too like if you're feeling like where something's not right something's probably not right and instead of just sweeping it under the rug it's better to just get it out there make a decision and move on live in the light of your new reality rather than being stuck in that mode where you're just like, ah, I'm just going to let this ride for the next three months and see what happens. No, that's crap. Like just get in there, make a call, fire that client. It's all going to be okay. Once the dust settles, rip the bandaid off, make those decisions faster because it's going to put you on a track towards success a lot faster than you would be if you just kind of sit on the fence and you're just really unsure about what you're doing. Right. That's a great point. You talk about vision and clarity like you got to have that reminds me of uh proverbs twenty nine eighteen, where there's no vision that people perish and just the like people need that what are we doing this for what's the end goal to stay engaged and to stay alive and um energized and motivated and you're absolutely right too about making the decision now the hard part is knowing when do i know what's right because you never have complete information but you have to push through that and say, like, you have to go go have the hard conversations. And the worst thing that happens when you think that something's not right and you go bring that up and you have the hard conversation is that you find out there wasn't a – like, if you're wrong, which we might think, like, that, well, that's the worst case scenario. Or that's one fear is, like, well, I'm wrong. Maybe there's not an issue here. Like, we'll pro- this will probably just all smooth itself out. The worst case scenario is you get in and you get clarity that everything's fine and you, and you keep going. And if you're right, then that conversation absolutely needed to be had. Mm-hmm. And you can worry, well, this is going to blow things up. But we all know the longer you put that off, it doesn't get any better. No. Um, you've got an abscess tooth. Like, you can put off going to the dentist because it's going to hurt when you go in there. But trust me, it doesn't make it any better. Um, that that steady pain is a lot worse compounded over time than just like get in there and make it happen. Yeah, you're going to go through the pain one way or the other. So it's just do you want to stay in pain longer or do you want to go get it done and make it happen? Yeah. I love that one. I'm so excited. What's your number one? 
I'm a little torn because I had a couple extra thoughts here. So I think where I'm going to go with this one is towards another episode that you and I need to do around goal setting. And this one is um, largely just a mindset, um, kind of understanding your own um, mental hardwiring, like the way that you are set up. And so as this relates to goal, I guess my, my biggest, the number one lesson from this year is the huge impact that your mindset has on you. And so one way that we see this played out is in goals. Like you only set goals for what you can see a path to achieve. So if I'm running, um, you know, we have a $50,000 month in 2013 or 2014 or 2012 or whenever at at Guava Box. It's like, well, that was a lot of work, but I bet we could have been 30% more productive. So our goal that we would set from a monthly revenue goal then becomes you know, I think we could probably do 75 grand a month. And so our annual revenue goal is $900,000 or 800 grand or whatever. We only set goals based on what we can see a path to achieve or, Hey, with this business model, we could probably take on 20 clients at this. So that's, that's our goal. I think we could, I think that's probably realistic. I just think back to how many conversations you and I had around, uh, whiteboarding out. Like, I bet we could take it $3,000 a month. We could probably with this team service 20 clients. And it's like, it was never the other way of what am I actually long-term goals wise? What am I trying to accomplish? And what is that goal? Okay. And then build a business model to achieve that. It's just, Hey, this is the business model we're running today. This goes back to your point about get outside your own specific circle of influence and get external ones. Um, but so many of the goals from agency owners that we talk to are, it seems like this is what other agencies are doing mm-hmm. margin wise. This is what they're doing, you know, similar size wise. Here's what we think that that can be. And it's crazy how much the goals all look the same, just like everything else. Instead of yeah. being like, no, what's my actual goal? I want to have a million dollars in liquid net worth at 30 years old. So how am I going to build a business? That, like if I, if I run an agency and make 50 grand a year for 10 years and I've got another 30 grand in profit to put away on top of that, by the time I cover household expenses, like I'll be 300 grand uh, in savings. I'm not going to be at what my goal was. Go the other way and set the right goal and understand our, I guess, the impact that your mindset has on everything that you do from goal setting down to how you operate in the day to day, um, your kind of self images and who, who you think of yourself as, um, and the type of value that you place on yourself, your agency's worth, your people's worth, everything around you. Um, we could do a whole nother episode on like our broken relationship to money and however you grew up and the way that, uh, you saw money being used. Like we see this play out and we understand how this plays out in, uh, marriages or those types of relationships where money's coming together and one person's the spender and one person's the saver or, um, that doesn't work out. And we understand it's so much easier to look at someone else and say, I can't believe you would spend that much money on that. Like that doesn't make any sense, but it's really like we were just brought up completely different. And so our backgrounds, our environment shapes so much of our mindset and our relationship to everything around us. Um, just to be aware of that and try and break out of that and understand what am I actually trying to achieve? And then we'll, we'll justify whatever our actions do. Yes. That's the follow on. We'll, we'll look back and we'll say, um, 
you know, the reason that we only made that much money is because we were learning all these lessons and how impactful those were. And so it's justified that we did that. Well, well, you probably could have learned the same lessons and made twice as much money along the way. And you wouldn't turn that down if that was on the table, right? Like, Uh-oh. so it's, it's not like you did the right thing. <laughs> I'm not saying you should look back and be depressed or discouraged about everything that you did along the way. Understand that that was the price of your tuition. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that you should have paid that much in tuition yes. <laughs> um, to get the same education. That's so true. Do you think that do you think we need to be wear, be wary of benchmarks then? Yeah, I think you need to use a benchmark for what it is. Mm-hmm. A benchmark says operating in this so we've got our agency revenue benchmark right now. If you go to zenpilot.com slash benchmark. Subtle plug. So not so subtle plug. <laughs> go test that out and it'll tell you, hey, based on your situation, you get this many full-time equivalent team members, you're serving this many clients, your average client revenue is this, you're, you know, you go through all these different factors and it's going to spit out, hey, here's what a healthy agency in your situation will be making. Are you above or below that? Here's the gap. But understand that that is as good as, like that's going to say, here's average. Uh, Here is what um, a reasonable goal would look like for an average agency, an average person running the same business model that you're running. So I think as long as we understand that, like, okay, do I want to be average? Then this is where I probably ought to be. Um, versus I don't want to build, like, how, do, how well does that, maybe that, I guess we need to also look at it and say, that absolutely meets my goals. Like my goals are to have a lifestyle where I can go do whatever I want. I can work three days a week for six hours a day and I can go coach baseball or I can go hang out with my kids and I can travel the world or I can do whatever I want. I can go surf three days a week too. Um, so if that, if a benchmark tells you, okay, we're good for that, then just see it for what it's worth. Yeah. Don't let that be just because that's generated for you. Don't let that be the goal that you shoot for. Shoot, set your own goals. If it lines up, that's great. If it doesn't, figure out how to cover the, di- the difference. Yeah. That's good, dude. Consider switching business models. Jack. Yeah. All right. Here's what the whole countdown has led up to, which is, what is your number one lesson? Your number one takeaway from 2018. My number one takeaway from 2018 is <laughs> pay yourself first. Hmm. As a business in this world, we talk, we see it all the time, and we've been there for years, is that you bring on a team, you pay that team first, and in hopes of the promise that one day you'll make what you should earn as an owner. But when does that day come? Like, you keep struggling, you don't have momentum, you're not putting wood on your fire, like, you're juggling that cycle of, of market, sell, deliver. This team that you're sacrificing for, that your family is sacrificing for, isn't able to execute the way you're able to execute because there's not the clarity, there's not the process, there's not the system. And you're paying all those other people first. And not only are you putting in the stress and the hustle of being the business owner, but on top of all of that, there's stress financially at home because you're not bringing home what you need to serve your family. You're not bringing home what you need to just make ends meet. Or you could just drop everything, go work 20 less hours a week at a full-time job and make a lot more money. Um, and that was that was our story last year. Like we had our team up to there like 10 people at the peak. And you and I are getting paid last at the end of the day and we're bootstrapping it. We're hashtag grinding, hashtag hustle, like all that stuff. 
and that's that's a really hard place to be um, for your family to be in. Not only they're supporting those hours and supporting all that hustle, but they're also like living in the midst of a stressful financial situation. Mm. So I would just say when you're looking at your business model and you're analyzing where your momentum is happening and all this stuff, like think about how do you how can you be as efficient as possible so that you pay yourself first, you profit first as the owner, because you can't. You're the engine to your business as the owner. Like what goes on up here, that drives everything within the organization. Your your state, your presence, your attitude, your vision, your ability to communicate, your ability to lead, all of those things have a direct impact on the revenue you're able to generate as a business and the the culture that you create for your internal team and the environment and the success and the feeling that your clients get working with your team. You drive all of those things. And if you are coming into work, bringing the stress of a financial, of a tight financial situation at home into work, and then at the end of the day, you turn around and you take the stress of scaling a business and the crap that hits your desk every single day as an owner, and you bring that back into your family, that's a bad flywheel. That's like (laughs) the negative flywheel of crappiness right there. And so, what your challenge is, is how do I look at my business model? How do I deliver a result to a client as efficiently as possible so that I make sure that I take my payment out first and whatever revenue is left, I use that to build the team that's necessary. Now that's gonna mean some some big changes for some people. It might mean letting some people go. It might mean putting together some partnerships to fulfill different areas of the business that aren't your core competency that you've been trying to bring in, like you paid someone to come in and be a social media manager because you think that you need them, or you paid someone to come in and be a video guy, when it just makes more sense to partner with a video agency that does it better. Or you've been trying to do SEO, so you hired a guy who does SEO, but he's not in the office, he's kind of outside, you don't really know where he is all the time, but you're still paying him every month. Maybe you should just partner with a, with a company that that is all that they do. And you double down and you focus on what your secret sauce is. Because when you get into that state, you eliminate the clutter, you eliminate the overhead, you're in a much more creative space to actually be able to deliver results for the clients that you do have. And you've got to treat those clients well if you want to grow. That's the first thing. You can't let those clients down by going out and marketing, going out and selling, because that create that just adds to that negative feedback loop. So you've got to pay yourself first, get your own house in order. That's going to set your mindset, set your state right so that you can lead your company the way it needs to be led, that you can lead your family the way it needs to be led. And then at the end of the day, like you build a business that serves you rather than the other way around. That's a great point. I was going to ask you if you cut it off right after saying pay yourself first, how you balance that with being a servant leader and cultivating a team. But you did a really good job just breaking that down it's the same thing as the overused oxygen mask analogy on a plane like you got to take care of uh your own well-being if you want to actually be able to help other people Mm -hmm. and uh grow and it's so easy to let that seep in when your expectation around what you ought to be making is not met over a prolonged period of time that seeps into uh, on one hand, your self-image, and on the other hand, your relationship with the people around you. Like, oh, I'm so frustrated that my clients aren't paying me more. Yeah. I'm frust- frustrated with team members who are making more than I'm making. That doesn't seem fair. Well, absolutely, it's not fair. Um, that doesn't mean that they should be making less. It means that you should be making more, yeah. and you haven't solved that problem yet. Like, that's a that's an issue that you've got to overcome. That's a great point. It's also wild to me. I don't know for sure, but I think that this is happens more frequently in the creative space like in this marketing world yeah 
where we're so afraid to talk about dollars and cents. And like my motivation for running this business is I want to see small businesses grow. My motivation for running this business is I want to build an awesome culture. My motivation is I want to do this and this and this. And it's all these great things. And we're all afraid to say, and also I'd like to get paid really well to do all that. And that should be an outcome of creating all this value for other people. But like, that's a fundamental value. Um, a fundamental principle of a healthy business is like without financial stability, that's what defines like a business and a commercial um, or nonprofit. Like you still, you need that piece is like the crucial baseline mm-hmm. of what you have. So get that right. And that's going to enable um, everything else. And I realize that it works hand in hand, like that enables it. And it's also the outcome mm-hmm. of delivering those things. If you feel like you're delivering those things and that's not an outcome, you're not charging enough. Like, and if you're charged more and people don't want it, you're not delivering the outcomes and the value that you thought you were delivering. Like it's, it's a pretty simple equation, but it's something about this space where we're so uncomfortable to just talk about it and be real about it and say, I'm running an agency and we're not making enough money. And like, I don't know what is wrong right now. Yeah. On to say, if you're in that space, that is going to come out. That's one of the first things we're going to ask you uh, if we have a strategy session. Mm-hmm. Get on a talk with us. We're going to talk about where you are right now. We're going to talk about your goals and question why are those so low? Uh, or this seems really high. What's your path to get there? Are you going to do that with this business model? What's the uh, time frame that you put on that? What does profit margin look like? Are you actually making money? Because we need to understand the fundamentals of the business. And it's not a, uh, we're certainly the last people who ought to be judging based on what, what things looked like when we made $31,000 in 2011, in our, in our first year, yeah. uh, run the agency. That's not a judgmental thing. It's like, let's be real honest about this stuff so that we can identify the correct path forward and help you understand here's, here's where the issues lie. Here's the opportunities. Here's how to attack them. Yeah. That's good, man. Anything else from you? This was our uh, top five lessons. This is fun to do. We probably want to do this more than once. I realize it kind of makes sense on a on a yearly basis. Yeah, do a little <laughs> without a, without a, Yeah, we ought to do it more frequently. Just from we don't have to record it. We don't have to bore all all of you with our takeaways. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a it's a healthy thing to do for sure. Yeah, definitely is. That's all from me. I really appreciate just unpacking this stuff and y'all listening in. If you want to drop yours in the comments, I'd love to see like what are you guys learning this year too. And if you want to upload a little video, throw it into Agency Journey Insiders. If you're listening to this on the podcast stream right now and you're not yet in the free Facebook community, head over to agencyjourneyinsiders.com. We'd love to have you there. There's just awesome conversation with agency owners from all over the world. And I, th- I hope that you heard it in this podcast, but Gray and I want this to be human. Like this is this is real people on a real journey to build a business. So be prepared to like engage in that and to be honest in that journey. Like we want to give you tools and tactics and strategies and processes to help you avoid as many headaches and as many mistakes as possible so that you can build a thriving business with real margins that you can actually support your family, achieve your dreams and like treat your team really really well. Um that is possible. There are people doing that out there right now. And there's a whole lot of people who are grinding hard, working a lot of hours who that is not their current reality, but a reality that they would like. Um, so if you want to be around some people who are on that same journey, just head over to agencyjourneyinsiders.com, 
join the free group there and you can follow along on these conversations in real time.